0: All right. Well, everyone, welcome to another episode of Faithfully Engaged. On today's episode, I have Rebecca Velo. She is a wife and a mother of four with one on the way due in August. Um, She is just a concerned citizen, likes to speak out on behalf of just some of the cultural concerns going on. Um, she is an editor at Wrong Speak Publishing, and she actually just had an article published at The Federalist. So, Rebecca, it's nice to have you on today.
1: Thank you. It's nice to be on.
0: Yeah. So l- let me start with the just The Federalist thing, where we're kind of talking off camera a little bit about that, because right. um, I, I had an article on there as well. Um, just tell me a little bit about that article and, um, yeah, kind of what led you to write that article that was on the Federalist.
1: Yeah, well, um, I love the Federalist. I've been following them for quite some time. So it was a, a good honor to be able to to showcase my work on there. And what I, I basically wrote about is I feel like those of us who are fighting the the culture war, so to speak, we tend to uh, segment into to many small sort of like battles, right? And we lose sight of the overall the overall cultural war itself, and so I hear many people. They'll say, "Well, you know, my big issue is uh, pushing transgender ideology onto children, or having men in women's sports." Uh, I'm fine with all the other issues, but it's this particular thing that seems to bother me. And I think that when we do that, we lose we lose uh, um, oversight on the overall issue here. And it becomes almost impossible to say, well, we'll accept, uh, uh, you know, trans women uh, in every segment of society except in sports, or we'll accept transgenderism uh, except with children. And you, what you'll end up having is sort of like a mission creep where, okay, we'll say, you know, we'll accept transgenderism at 18. Or, well, what's the difference between 18 and 17? And then what's the difference between 16 and 17? So I think we need to keep an eye on the big picture and push back on it as a whole, and not just when you're looking at something like transgenderism, but critical race theory with the, you know, the COVID restrictions and the climate change insanity. It's all part of a bigger uh, puzzle, and we need to focus on that. Our goal needs to be to end the insanity entirely, not just these you know, whack-a-mole, these little uh, bizarre issues that keep popping up.
0: Yeah, and I really like that uh, that whack a mole type of um, language there. Uh, we just kind of full disclosure: we had a, another Verbecka uh, and I had another podcast tape before, and there's some technical issues. So um, we we've talked about some of these topics before, and that was just a few weeks ago. But since then, what's been in the news has shifted dramatically, and, and that's just that point. Um, in the grand scheme of things, three weeks or whatever isn't long, but in the news cycles, go, 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 go. Exactly. And it never ends.
1: No, it doesn't. In fact, I saw an article, I think it was from Fox News that came out either yesterday or the day before talking about um, trans ableism. And so what that is, is where an individual believes that they should have been uh, disabled. Uh, could have been blinded, not having the ability to walk or so forth. And that that is a thing. It's becoming a thing where uh, people are seeking out doctors who will actually disable them, remove their limbs, blind them, and so forth, so they can live the life that they believe that they were meant to be as a disabled person. This used to be called I believe, body integrity, identity disorder. And we're doing sort of the same thing we did with transgenderism and saying, well, should this be a diagnosable condition in the DSM? Mm, you know, maybe we should pull this right. out uh, to to spare people's feelings and so forth. And I, I really don't think uh, that's a good idea. It's, it's the slippery slope. You know, yeah. we're not, it's not a matter of we're going to get to it. We are on it and we're slipping down it and it's going really deep.
0: Yeah, no that that is undoubtedly seen. It, it's hard. I'm hard pressed to really trust your opinion. If you don't at least have some acceptance of that slippery slope fallacy at this point, I, I know we call it fallacy, but that just seems to be reality. Yes,
1: um,
0: it's. I know it's hard for us as as humans to really um, just sink in the the changes over the years. Here's an example. It's springtime here um, every year. And here in Oklahoma, especially, we have um, we have quite a few wildflowers. And every year, these wildflowers sprout up in the same spot, the same type of year. And every year I drive by them, uh, April and May. Wow, these are so beautiful. I forgot how beautiful these are. And I've lived here my whole life. It's no surprise. But just that sinking of that emotion I don't think we're really, um, really great at doing that. That's that whack-a-mole. We're, we're so I'm used right. to uh, the winter and all that stuff, and and I, I it just didn't sink in as much, even though intellectually I know those flowers come back every year. Right. And I think of that. I was having a friend with our conversation with a friend uh, just recently of we were talking about uh, like Caitlyn Jenner and all of that. How. When Bruce Jinder, or Bruce Jinder, that's what we always call <laughs> that. That's kind of yeah. our derogatory <laughs> <laughs> joke there. Bruce Jenner, um, When Transition said, hey, I'm Caitlin, and had that uh, magazine thing on, was it Vanity Fair? Vanity Fair, on, yeah. yeah. That was like, whoa, this is the craziest thing ever. And it's hard for me to be back in that time frame that was like 2014 or 15
1: i think it was 2015 yeah that that's so normalized
0: that guy is on fox news now <laughs> like it, it's it's hard for us to go back in time and actually be in that 2015 version of ourselves we're not very good at going back there and it's particularly with all some of the gaslighting and things like that in the media, like, oh, no, somebody that goes to the doctor and they want to be blind or uh, be amputated. That's normal. That's not that big of a deal. No, that's not normal. And right. we, to your point, we need to be aware that these ideologies, um, they don't stop at one or two things. They, they happen in a lot of different ways
1: exactly and then there's more forms of of transism there's transracialism transageism and transspeciesism you know where people are trying to turn themselves into <coughs> excuse me animals lizards and, and different types of things and it's truly bizarre to me that we have decided or the powers that be have decided that we'll accept transgenderism That's okay. That's normal. But we're still kind of iffy about all the other ones. Uh, There is no way legally or socially that you can say transgenderism is okay. And you can declare yourself a man or a woman, just the simple statement. And that makes you a man or a woman. Uh, But we can't do that with race. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't tell me that I can't call myself black, but then tell me I can call myself a man. You know, it doesn't make sense, and it's not going to make sense legally if they continue pushing these types of laws uh, where they are basically uh, implementing self-ID as a sort of de facto law now.
0: Yeah. Well, and kind of to that point on if we had to pick of race or sex of those being able to, to change, I am much closer with a black man as yes. far as genetics goes like yeah there's obviously some melanin and all that stuff but by and large we're i mean we're, we're both males i have a lot more common that than with a white woman like right it's a completely different biology different genetic makeup and but yeah why is that okay for me to say that I'm i'm a woman and society accepts that but if I say I'm black, I mean, I, we say that, but to your point, that transracialism, that stuff is gaining steam. Yeah, um, it, yeah it, you, you can't just pick and choose that stuff. I, I think that your point is very important one, definitely on the conservative side of things that people need to understand. You can't be lazy in some of these fights.
1: Right. And it's an important one on the progressive side as well, because guess what? This is going to be used against you. And I don't think they realize that. I think that they're truly thinking, well, we have the power where we can actually pick and choose because we're in this elitist position. We're the ones sort of controlling society at this point. They can choose what's acceptable and what's not. And that's just not the way it goes they're not going to be able to push the floodgates and say transracialism is wrong, but transgenderism, you know, let's, let's accept it all. It's just not logical.
0: Well, and, and that last word there of logical <laughs> is one on, particularly on the pretty extreme progressive side. Uh, obviously there's, there's some level of logic that's involved over there, but it tends to be based very emotionally and yeah, there's going to be times where what's emotionally feels good for me is not logical and is right. not actually good for me, but emotionally it feels that way. And as long as that's your God, it will take you all sorts of directions that unfortunately we're seeing some of the results of today.
1: Right. And and I think that it's actually a lack of logic. They don't have a lot of logic on that side. It's very much just ideology and, and emotion.
0: Yeah. And, and and it's frustrating on my end of you know, kind of my, my profession being a being a counselor, that I understand that emotions have importance. Like we don't need to just completely disregard and, and I do see this some. Um I, I won't say it's necessarily majority, but I see it some on the right to where, yeah, all emotions are it's a stupid like we we right. basically just need to be robots and uh just do the right thing and that we're not made that way we are emotional creatures but we're made to not be ruled over by our emotions and that's that is what's happening on not just the fringe left i think this is what's kind of concerning is it right. seems to be more of the main line left yes. that your emotions just rule the day. And exactly that turns us into tantrum little, little toddlers. And that's not good.
1: And it's even creeping into areas like science, you know, the medical field. And that's really scary to think that you're going in and you're seeing a doctor and this doctor, you know, he went to Harvard, he's supposed to be one of the best doctors, but instead he's more concerned about equity. You know, and, and treating people uh, based on their identities rather than looking at the body and treating the body, which is what he's supposed to be doing. So that's that's really scary. I, I read, I can't remember what university is. I think it's a university in um, Florida, actually, and they were saying that they're no longer going to separate when they're when they're doing uh, certain tests. Uh, looking for cancers and so forth and i i'm I'm not a a medical person so i don't know exactly what the terminology is but they're going to rather than saying we're doing this specific test based on a female or a male we're just going to kind of lump them together and make a different range for just human not the male range not the human range and basically the way they justify it is of course this makes trans people feel better and that uh they there. The differences are so small that it would be negligible if someone were to be injured because we're not testing them properly. And, you know, what if you're the person that that's in that small margin that is hurt? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to be that person just so uh, someone else can feel better uh, because they're pretending to be something that they're not? Of course you don't. Why are we doing this? It, it, it just doesn't make sense. We're shirking science and technology in, in place of people's feelings. And it's not progressive at all. This yeah. isn't going to progress us in, in, in any field. We're not going to get to Mars. We're not going to get uh, super advanced flying cars and so forth. We're not going to be able to get any of these cool things as long as our focus is on people's feelings as opposed to actually moving forward.
0: Yeah, the, the stuff with male and female bodies especially yeah. just to my point earlier that that black male um, are there going to be some differences biologically y- yeah a little bit i mean her skin color is a little bit different there's some traits of black males that tend to be in one sphere that are different than white males in a different sphere but again by and large those tests that they run They're probably going to be the same test because we're both males, but for my wife and I, they're going to be very different. We have vastly different hormone structure, bone structure. Um, Just mentioning before of of uh, with Rebecca being pregnant, my wife is pregnant as well. One of the extra difficulties that she's having is uh, she's having pelvic separation, as she had this with the previous um pregnancy that basically her pelvis is trying to separate earlier than is necessary mm-hmm. um and she's like 22 23 weeks pregnant okay. at this point but um so it's painful it's one of those where it's much more of a of a comfort thing thankfully mm-hmm. it's uh, very uncomfortable but she's going to be okay but we were just talking about that of how the female pelvis obviously through childbirth, has to do all sorts of crazy things yes. that a male pelvis doesn't have to do. So the actual structure, like when we die, our bones, you'll be able to see that like, that was a woman, That that's a male. And I, I have no idea how we got to the point where that's controversial to say that, but it, it's just a biological reality. So to your point, where we're making not just some Silly gestures of uh, like I know pretty much all hospitals now. It's like what sex were you born as or identified as or I don't know whatever.
1: Yes, assigned at birth.
0: Assigned at birth. There you go. (laughs) Which I'm sure you love that as being a pregnant woman getting to to answer those things. Um, That's silly. Um, I've always thought that was dumb. Yes. But at least the 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 maybe the argument would be well we're still saying sex is a static thing. So we're going to gender identity, but the sex is still biological. Well, your example you gave, we're showing that we're not going to stay there. We're going to keep going. And people's lives are legitimately at risk, no matter how minimal they might say it is. Even if it's one person, that is one person for for no reason for for no good reason you you chose to do that
1: and you know progressives have been really open about what their goals are for a while I think you would often hear them talk about um, dismantling or disrupting norms I remember hearing that from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez a lot And I think for a while, I know I used to hear it and think, what does that even mean? This is stupid. You know, I I don't know what that means. Just hand wave it away. But the reality is, this is what it means. So what it means is anything that is normal. So the existence of men and women, two plus two equals four. Adults and children, you know, a man and a woman meet, get married, have kids, These are all norms that in many cases have been around in our society for, you know, 300,000 years since the dawn of humanity. And for some reason, they wish to dismantle it or disrupt it because they believe that every single category, categorizing you as a man, as a woman, as black, as white, as an adult, as a child, that these are oppressive categories. And we are liberated from these oppressive categories by basically getting rid of them. And I think this is not only is this insane, uh, it, it, what's the purpose of it? Who Who's suggesting this? Why? Uh, where are you getting that this is somehow liberating? Pretending that men and women don't exist, how is that liberating for anybody? And I think conservatives uh, and anyone who's anti-woke or or normal uh, who likes the way we we exist in society now, needs to understand this and they need to start asking questions and may, putting them on the de- uh, defensive because we are the vast majority and not just vast majority, but vast, vast, vast majority. Uh, people in other countries, they like the way normal society is as well. And you see in in Russia and China, huge countries, they don't like this woke stuff and they're actually making laws to stop it from hitting their shores. Mm. So the the vast majority of all humans want to live the way we've all been living since the beginning of time. These progressives, they need to be put on the defensive and explain why. Why exactly do we have to disrupt normal things? Explain to us why. Because I don't, I don't see the point of it, and I certainly don't see how that liberates anybody. Mm. Uh,
0: that that's a really good discussion point there of um, that liberty, uh, individual freedom. I think this is a point where a lot of conservatives can get tripped up on. Yes, because we're the side like, yeah, individual rights. Um, we've we want liberty and justice for all. Like we we really get that that patriotic bent going. Right and we go back and do it and that's why i like your your piece there of putting them on the defensive and by not doing uh some of the silly things that show up on some of these protests like i think over the weekend there was that like i don't remember even what it was but those Nazis that were lined up and protesting something like right we've seen those things time and time again you can make with that what you will but it's, seems fishy (laughs) um and so it's not about that it's about asking questions like what when you say liberty what do you mean exactly ask questions get definitions and you'll soon be able to tell some of the um the good faith actors out there from just the complete brainwashed whatever you want to call them the good faith actors might look back and like hmm yeah i'm not sure that is a little strange let me get back to you or you know just are actually trying that's somebody you can sit down and have a conversation with
1: right
0: i've had people on twitter that have accused me of um you know my kids are gonna grow up and hate me and uh like, you're unfit to be a counselor, blah, blah, blah. Just these lobbed darts that they're throwing. Um, honestly, for me, and this is me, you guys don't have to do this, but for me, my my tactic is ignore, see if it goes away. And this, like 99.9% of the times, it goes away. They're just some anonymous loser that's wants to, <laughs> to in internet points. Then I move on. other people might be a little bit quicker on that that block button which that's fine too but what you don't want to do is those random people that aren't in the fray at all to let that stuff get to you because that's all that's all nonsense don't don't talk to those people if there's no good faith but if they're actually sitting down and we're engaging yeah you, you actually can change minds in those situations but you got to ask the questions and and you got to sit down and talk.
1: Right. And you actually learn a lot. And sometimes, and I know this, this is bad and that, you know, a lot of people say there's really no value in this and engaging with people who are fully indoctrinated into the progressive ideology. You might not be able to change their mind, but you learn a lot. You kind of understand what exactly do you believe? Why do you believe it? What are your, um, responses to me bringing up scientific facts or or so forth and I I do think there's value I've learned a lot in engaging with some some crazy people online Uh, you kind of see and you also see which is interesting patterns and you can tell you're just repeating what you heard yeah Uh, which I think is is really telling that people are just they're just regurgitating what they're told to say, what their friends or their teachers and so forth are told to say. And we need to use that as a tool, uh, given that it's the same argument. You know, you can come back, it's, it's almost like you're arguing with different people, but it's always the same. Yeah. Uh, and I think conservatives need to remember that and start u- utilizing that, good, especially as we come up on, on campaigns.
0: I, I thought about that very thing. This was. Um goodness I, I hadn't thought about this piece in a little while did you happen to uh torture yourself and watch the the 2020 uh democratic uh national convention
1: not the whole thing oh, <laughs> no i man. just I just get the clips from it
0: i i only did a little bit um for those of you uh that that didn't watch that you know it was 2020 so uh, of course there was no actual conference or whatever um, it was bad, like forget the content like this the internet's been around for a while. This looked like it was put together like in the mid nineties where we had dial up internet, like the production was awful it was it was really, really bad um all that being being aside, uh, they were going through, and I think this was when they were actually giving out the delegates and we already knew Biden won, but it was, you know, just that kind of show and pony thing that they, they always do. And they went to Virginia and they always had some, you know, it wasn't the same type of person that for every state they would have, like, maybe a politician for one state and then another one. There was this person that some farmer or something like they, they would just always pick states would pick this random person. Well, for Virginia, I don't remember who it was, but. They started going on there, and part of their speech of giving it to Biden was they mentioned the, that Trump said, in my state, there are fine people on both sides when white nationalists, blah, blah, blah. And anybody that has watched that, that was, I believe it's 2017 or 18, um, when these white nationalists and Antifa and all this whole thing happened, and Trump had his infamous, there were fine people on both sides. And that's all you heard for years up until 2020. (laughs) Right. When all you had to do was listen like 10 seconds later. And he said, Now the white nationalists, I condemned them totally. Right. Nobody watches that. Like that was spliced for TV. And that was just one of those moments that sitting there watching that live, I'm like, You're either intentionally being malicious or you're just ignorant. Because that's not what happened in the slightest, but you were told to say that.
1: Yes, and many of those people vote based on that. I mean, how many times can you argue with someone, and I I find this all the time, you're arguing with someone who's a somewhat reasonable Democrat, and you can ask them, well, what do you think of of all this the, the trans stuff, the racial stuff, the COVID stuff, and they hate it all. And then you ask them, well who are you going to vote for? Obviously you're not going to vote for the Democrats, right? And it's like, no, I'm going to vote for the Democrats because of fascism or racism. And it just shows you the level of ignorance and how much that they're just relying on whatever news source, probably some mainstream news source. And and that's it. They just go there and whatever the the people in the news are telling me, that's the truth. I'm not going to go further down the rabbit hole because then I hear this a lot. Politics makes me angry. It gives me anxiety. It makes me depressed. So I'm just going to take the very gist of it, and that's it. That's how I'm going to vote. Uh, and, and this, I think, is a huge, huge problem for Republicans that they will not address. Uh, even now, with the disaster of the midterm elections, we heard a lot of, which is good, that they're going to start looking at uh, the way people vote and getting people into early voting and ballots and not just relying on showing up in the polls. And that's good. But we also have to figure out how to, to to counter this narrative that we're all a bunch of fascist racists. Uh, we don't meet that definition. <laughs> we don't meet the definition of yeah. fascists or Nazis or terrorists or all these other horrible terms that they, that they try and, throw on us we need to to use that more we need to weaponize that as they say and make them explain what is a fascist and how am i specifically a fascist explain that Uh, we can't just continue to hand wave things off which is what we're doing now because that we just keep losing elections
0: yeah no that that's a really good point um that that's something that 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 point on well Politics makes me angry, makes me anxious, uh, to a degree. Yeah, it, it it does. Um, and and my uh, in my article that I I recently wrote about conservatives being producers and not just consumers, I, I didn't use those words, but trying to get into that type of psyche that yeah, just sitting in front of. Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, and that's all I do all day, every day, and I don't go outside, I, I don't do anything, yeah, that's going to make you anxious. That's not, right. that's not good for you. But the point of that and, and the point on, on my perspective isn't, the answer is not to just, well, everything's fine. There's no problems in the world. We're going to be good to go. No. like, I In there, I asked, what can I do about it? In in your case, you're saying, like, you can ask these questions. You can have people around you that maybe they accuse you of being a fascist or whatever. You can answer that. That's not without of your power. Um, I can't control what Biden does. I can criticize him. But the things that he does, as administration does. um, I was just complaining this weekend of some of the recent news where my... Uh, Wife and I, we're we're trying to build a new house and a new policy is punishing us for having good credit scores. Yes. Um, It makes it harder for us to do that. That's annoying. And what I can do, I can definitely complain. I I can uh, voice my frustration about that. I can't go to the White House and tell Biden, hey, stop doing that. Um, So we need to really have a good idea of what is in my control and then do it. But those other, those peripheral things that are not in your control, we got to learn to let some of those things go. Or what happens is I've seen this with some um, some people that are doing good things, but they flame out. They have this passion. I want to stop trans whatever i want to end abortion i don't want to xyz and that's great but they focus and focus and focus and that's their it's kind of to your point earlier that's their only focus we're human beings and eventually you're going to flame out if you don't structure your life in a healthy way and that becomes disheartening and then you're out of the fight you're disengaged because I grounded myself cause I went hard and fast for five years, but now I can't do it anymore. Um, right. we need to be wise of what is in my control, do that. And once it's crosses over that out of my sphere, um, either hand that baton to someone else that can do that or just get your circle better, get your circle tighter, get your family better, get your community better and then go from there. Um, Cause if you got the whole world on, on your shoulders, you're just not going to be able to do it.
1: Right. And I think that message is actually really important for left leaning people because they seem to be the ones that take these types of things to heart the most. I think Um, specifically if we're looking at like the trans issue, you know, you hear people saying, well, if you don't, I'm a man and you don't consider me a woman, you're literally killing me. This is literally genocide. But as you know, as a therapist, you don't control the actions of other people. And so when you're working with your clients, you're trying to, and and they're upset with, uh, my husband's doing this, my kid's doing this. Well, you need to figure out how to have better coping skills for you because you can't control those people. And I think that's what uh, a lot of young, especially left-leaning people need to understand. You can't control others. You know, even if, if, let's say, God forbid, Uh, we do become some sort of authoritarian government and you force us to abide by your ideology. You can never make me believe it. I might be forced to say a man is a woman, but I'm never going to believe it. You can't do that. And people just need to learn to accept that. And this is a a huge, I I think honestly, everything that many of our problems come down to just entitlement Hmm. You know, I feel I'm very important. I feel that you you need to give to me, you need to uh, affirm or or what what have you for me, and they don't seem to understand that that's not the way it works.
0: Yeah, yeah, no that that's that is again going just into my profession is a massive massive problem that now all of a sudden it's my job to affirm everything that you're feeling uh, but what if you're wrong you know right. that that people can be wrong and yes. if that is if yeah if my job fundamentally is to make my client feel better and that's it then yeah, there there's really no point of the profession um you can just well, in fact, honestly, this is something that might be something down the road. They already have some therapy chat GPT type of stuff out there. Um if we want to just affirm feelings, hey, they that can do better than me. I'm going to have bad days sometimes. Maybe I'm not going to be able to make you feel that good, but chat GPT they, they can do the job. Right, um right. we just as a society and definitely as my profession, um it goes back into into truth that we have to have truth as a bedrock of our culture of our foundation. Because um, if it's not there, it's sinking sand, and we we get into the rot that, unfortunately, that we're kind of currently in right now.
1: It, exactly. And I think that you can provide compassion and empathy and even validation without agreeing with somebody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was, I was getting my master's degree, um, I got it in mental health counseling and I had to do a lengthy internship as part of that program. And I did it at a court ordered facility. So all my clients were all there because the courts made them and they didn't want to be there. And many of them would come in, you know, they got a DUI. Oh, it's it's not my fault. It was somebody else's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. I was unfairly yeah. targeted. And so what I figured out was that if you were antagonistic with them and, and pushing them towards, well, you need to accept that what you did is wrong. You broke the law. They they would shut down and they would make it really difficult for you to mm-hmm. work with them. But if you provided them a little bit of validation without agreeing with them, it would be much easier to work with them. So rather than saying, you're right, the system screwed you over. You were not drunk. It was, it was the, the breathalyzer. I know I get it. It's, it's a big conspiracy against you just saying, yeah, I, you know, I get that you would feel that way. I understand you're Mm -hmm. upset. I understand, you know, you had a lot going on and, and you feel like, uh, you had just had a couple of beers, you weren't really drunk, I get it. You know, there's ways that you can do that without agreeing with them. And another example of, of that is uh, religion. You know, everybody or many people have different religions or no religion. And we can respect people of different yes. religions without believing in those religions. Yes. So I don't believe that we're the descendants of aliens. Okay, but Scientologists, I understand, do believe that. And I can be friends with the Scientologists. I can have good working relationships with them, but without believing in their ideology. And right. I don't hear any religious people saying that we're killing them by not believing in their ideology. And I think this is what people on the left need to understand. I can respect you. I can have empathy and compassion and everything for you, but I don't have to believe in your belief system.
0: Yeah, Now that, that, that's an excellent, excellent point. Because that's what it comes down to of why is it such a big deal? It's just pronouns. Like, come on, you're just respecting me. And no, you are forcing me or at least attempting to force me to change my language over something that is fundamentally a fact of you are a female. You are a male. You, you can debate that all you want, but that, that is the truth, and you telling me I have to call you a boy, a girl, a he, a they, or whatever. Um, n- that is that force. It's just like you're saying: of if I'm, um, if I'm a, you know, and, and I am a Christian. If somebody that's not a Christian, it's like, well, I don't believe your beliefs. And it's like, no, you have to tell me that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. No, you have to. Like, that, that's not how that works. Exactly. Um, we can still have like you're saying this respect for one another now i'm a muslim and okay um and we might have more conversations down the line and maybe minds are changed at some point but yeah there's not that transaction of now you must around me you are a christian i don't care if you are in your personal life or not you are a christian now like (laughs) No, that we don't do that in in our society and that's why something as seemingly little as people will phrase it of pronouns are a really big deal um forced pronoun usage is a very big deal and i think that's another one on some of the cultural things that we've kind of pushed that down a little bit of well pronouns whatever but we just don't need to go to surgery like no, that's, yes. that's all that same ideology that's wrapped exactly. up in that.
1: It's a gateway drug. Using the pronouns kind of leads you down the hole. And, and it's important that conservatives and, and anti-woke and, and normies recognize that almost every single argument these so-called progressives pose to you, you can immediately turn around back on them. So, you know, why can't you be kind and use the pronouns? Well, why can't you be kind to me and and let me live my life the way I want to? You know, that's what what we need to be arguing right back. Because forcing me to say a man is a woman uh, or vice versa is making me lie. It's hurting me. So when you say these things like, what do you care if somebody goes out and gets surgery? Well, I don't. You can do whatever you want, but I'm not going to play with you. And that's what I think we need to make really clear. I don't hear any conservatives, all these laws and so forth that are saying men can't dress up as women or women as men or so forth. What I hear them saying is, well, number one, you're not going to do that to kids. And number two, you can't force us to believe as you do. Mm-hmm. That's all we're saying. You can do what you want, but we don't have to. We, I don't have to do what you want either. And that's the way it works. If you can do what you want, then so can I can do what I want. If I can't do what I want, then neither can you. And they don't seem to understand that because again, I think they're coming from this entitled mindset where I'm right, I have the right ideology and you don't. And so it's okay for me to push my beliefs on you because my beliefs are the right ones. And that really, that's a supremacist mindset. You are not right. Okay. Nobody can stand up and say, I'm the one who knows everything. I'm the one who's always right. You can't say that. (laughs) And you shouldn't even think that you can.
0: You know, this, I've never quite, uh, uh, verbalized this before, but, um, you know, the, the mindset typically is, uh, well, if, uh, if somebody gets their own, um, they get their goodness. I, my mine went blank a little bit. We had some, uh, toddler fits going on in the back in the background there. <laughs> um, but okay. So if I have my, um, my surgery, I get that because, uh, you know, I'm going to kill myself if I don't get this surgery, right. That me getting the surgery, me doing pronouns, hormones, that's going to stop me from committing suicide. Now, first off, that's just wrong. The The data is not there. Um, if anything, it's flat to even worse. Um, it's, we see this with all of our detransitioners that are coming out that now they have all these problems um, for years down the road. Um, I just saw somebody that's having issues finding a finding a gynecologist, which I I wouldn't have thought of that. But it makes sense because doctors don't know how to handle that. Right. And it, it's it's terrible. So the argument I, I think sometimes that comes is like from from the right is, well, um, because the numbers aren't there. Therefore, no, this actually isn't the right thing to do to to say kids need to get surgery. And well, yeah, that's something that that, obviously there's that truth there that still doesn't address that compelled speech and that compelled like me having to treat you like something that you're not. Even if the suicide rates did go down some, um, you forcing me to act like you're something else. That's still not right. Yes. Um, And and we, we need to understand that it's not just... The suicide rate, although that's very important and we need to look at that, that ideology, even if it was more effective than it is, is still harmful um, by forcing other people to do that.
1: It's a fantasy world. And ultimately, that was my point with with the piece I, I wrote for The Federalist. In order to win the cultural war, you have to defeat the fantasy world. I mean that's just mm-hmm. the way the way it is. We can't have this give and take. Well, some people are really trans, but some people aren't. But we'll allow them to trans at this age or or not at this age. I mean, what we have to do is just defeat the the fantasy world. You know, wh- whatever age you're you're doing it at, it's a fantasy. Okay, so yeah. a man wanting to be a woman or a, a, an able bodied person wanting to be disabled, it it's not right. It is a mental illness. It's a fantasy. If you wish to live like that in a free society, of course you have that ability. and I think most people would support your right to do that, but it's not real. And we, we have to recognize that it is, it's just not real. You're living in a fantasy.
0: and And there goes back back to truth. And for all other type of mental illness, the schizophrenic that says the TV's talking to him. Again, you can look at them with compassion, and maybe in that moment, like, oh, "Okay, what's it saying to you, or whatever." Um, but you're you don't believe it. You're, you're kind of pacifying that person there a- in that moment to maybe get them to the hospital or whatever, to, or to calm them down. But as a society, we don't try to dictate around that schizophrenic. That yeah, all these TVs they're talking to you. Um, that's actually right. quite. That's quite cruel to that individual um it's not getting them the help that they need, so why we think this situation's any different is quite beyond me and and the the amount of social contagion and in fact i i'm I kind of have to look at myself a little bit, and this is one of those of um, just being able to uh, stay in the fight longer I have to t- take myself out in some cases I've been flooded on on Twitter and different things of uh, different pictures of um these poor young girls that had double mastectomies and scars everywhere it's it's horrifying like that's especially i look at my my young daughter who i mean she's only only 3 she's not been through puberty or whatever but i can't imagine my little girl doing that to herself like the taking all the you know kind of the sexuality and everything out of it but a, w- a woman's breast like that is the you know the the main thing that people see that oh that's a woman um and to forcibly remove healthy tissue like that away um
1: right.
0: won't ever breastfeed their children um maybe not even be able to have children depending on what else they have going on to take that away from a young girl um and then have the audacity to say that I'm the bad guy right no, no, that's that's not how this works. And we need to, even though in those cases, I, there are times that I have to just get off of social media or whatever. And it it sometimes makes me physically sick to see some of those those pictures. Um, that moral fiber within me, within everybody else, you need to be strengthened by that and to realize, don't let these ideologies, these uh, these activists bully you like you're not the bad guy there you rooting for teenage girls to keep their breasts that you're actually the good guy you're not the bad guy there
1: yeah and people need to be uh stop being so afraid uh to be canceled or or well what if my friends don't talk to me anymore what if people look at me funny because i you know i'm not towing the liberal line who cares? Do you really want to be friends with those people if that's how they're going to act? If if your little boy is liking pink and showing that he likes my little ponies or whatever, and you're not willing to put him in a dress or call him she, I mean, if your friends are going to uh, disavow you for that, are they really friends? Why do you want to work for an organization that promotes that? We have to get to a point where we say, you know what, I I don't care. That's fine. You don't want to be my friend anymore. You don't want to talk to me anymore. Okay, that's fine. Next.
0: <laughs> and, and there is that degree of boldness that while, yes, you, you do have that level of vulnerability, that level of risk that you come out and speak against some of these ideologues, you're going to risk something, whether it be your job, a friendship or whatever, or just anxiety tension by, by speaking up. Um so yeah that is true but you do gain some things too. You keep your integrity. Exactly. That, that can't be understated. But even just with with us um us talking right now had both of us chosen to just be quiet, not say anything, then we wouldn't be talking to each other. We mm-hmm. wouldn't be having this type of conversation and be able to encourage other people to have these type of conversations. Am I going to say that this one interview is going to like change the complete world? No, but you never know. You never know if that one person hears that and that it might change one person's life that's in your circle. So yeah, you do have cost, but there are benefits. Yes. Um, The I've talked about on on uh some of my older podcasts of um some of these conservative counselor groups that I'm associated in yeah we we do kind of live in our own little uh bubble, so to speak, um because all the other like there's groups that are like therapists helping therapists and stuff, yeah, they only help you if you have a certain mindset um right. so us having art like us being up front and talking yeah we we kind of have our own little circle, but I tell you we we go to bat for each other um we have a very tight knit community that if none of us said anything, if none of us ever tried to speak out, we wouldn't have that right. so you are going to get battle partners if you speak out, and you might be able to convince somebody that is nodding their head in agreement with you in silence, if you speak out, they may not be silent anymore. So don't, right. don't let that fear dictate you by not saying anything.
1: Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more with that sentiment.
0: Kind of along those lines, just um, something that on, on this new uh, kind of rebranding of, of the podcast, I want to really focus on that action piece. Um, A lot of what we've already been talking about is centered on that action. But if you had to give the audience one tangible thing in like the next week, something that they can do in this next week to engage the culture a little bit better, what do you think something that the audience could do this next week?
1: Well, I think there's there's so many different ways you can do that. I think the most important thing to do is to focus on your family first. So especially if you have kids, uh, even if your kids are homeschooled, even if you try your best to, to keep them away from, from all this nonsense, at some point they will be exposed to it. So I think you need to inoculate them as best as you can from that. So what I do with my kids is I talk to them about, um, this ideology as if it's a religion. So, you know, I, I, Tell them, okay, you're a boy because God made you like that. If you don't believe in God, you can say, you were born with that, okay? You're a boy because you're born with a boy's body, and that's what makes you a boy. But there are some people out there that think that maybe a boy can become a girl, or a girl can become a boy. What do you think? Isn't that silly? Do you think that's possible? No. And of course, they're going to say no. No. And then you you let them know that, of course, we respect these people. You know, there's different people who believe differently than, than we do. They go to different churches than we do. So you've got to prepare your kids, especially. So that way, when they're confronted by this, they know, okay, they, these are those people who believe that I know it's wrong, but but I'm going to respect them. And they know how to at, navigate those waters, especially when they're in school, I think that's a, a really important piece. And I think it's also important when you're dealing with friends or family that, that you kind of make your beliefs known and you don't have to be abrasive or demanding, you know, here's what I believe and I'm, screw you if you don't believe like I do. Just make it clear, like, you know, th- this is where I align. Um, many of my family members are liberals. And I, you know, I grew up in a liberal town, liberal family, uh, and I've always been conservative. As soon as I turned 18, I registered as Republican. I just, as, as, when I was a very young girl and I could understand, my my father was a political junkie and I could understand the difference between left and right. I knew I was not like them. I was on the, I've always been there on the right side. And so just making that clear, even subtly. And I think a lot of conservatives sort of know how to do this naturally, When you meet people, you kind of throw out little tidbits to kind of see where people lie. I think conservatives are very used to that. So making that clear to others. uh, So that way you don't find yourself in the closet and having to hide. And I think that's where a lot of people get into trouble is they just sort of toe that line to appease Mm -hmm. people. And then they're stuck in the closet and they can't come out. And then sort of the last thing, I think, if people feel comfortable enough with this is to, you know, start speaking out, Uh, speaking out, if you can online, like we do Mm -hmm. develop a social presence and, and find other like minded people and learn from them and have them learn from you, right, if you can, or even at a bare minimum, if you can get involved in your kid's school, you know, make it clear, like, you're emailing the teacher. Hey, how's my kid doing? I want to know what my kid's doing in school. Get on the PTA, get on. If you have like a site council or something at your school, get in, get involved in that type of stuff. So you don't have to do anything big and crazy. Not everybody's going to be, you know, a Matt Walsh or somebody, but you can do what you can to influence if, if not just a smaller circle outside of your family, at least your family unit and, and protect them from this nonsense.
0: I think those are some fantastic, very actionable steps that you can take. And I really like how Rebecca laid that out of that inside out. Um, Start with those families, with your kids, with your spouse. If you're not married or have kids, maybe it's a family member or your roommate, whoever it may be, start there. You don't have to fix it all at once, but just talk about things. Like Rebecca's saying with kids, especially if you start younger, um, they get it. My daughter's three. She knows she's different than her brother. Like it, It's pretty innate. So just talk about it. Don't be ashamed of it. Um, it it's kind of, uh, for parents, especially with uh, kids that are nearing teenage years, it's kind of like with the sex talk. No one likes that. That's not a fun thing to do. But when you do it and you actually you, you own it, you don't go in there all timid and, and nervous. You just get to business and you say it. It's not that bad. And sure. then when your kids have more questions, now now we've already got the awkward part out of the way and we can just keep going. Um, we can do this with some of these, these trains ideology and right. critical race theory and all, all that stuff. You can, same thing. Just own it. No matter how old your kids are, right. own it. Get that awkward first talk out of the way. And now we got a dialogue because... Your kids are going to go to college or get a job or, to your point, even homeschool. Maybe they get on YouTube or get on TikTok or wh- wherever. Maybe they're going to be exposed, and you want to have an open line of communication with them. Yes, you don't want to have them be taught by the world. Just, just like with the sex talk, they're going to know about sex somewhere too. Right. Um, you want that communication with your kids, so great start there and then i'm with rebecca too that starts somewhere um on the um kind of the the outer influence um and in, in just society i think oftentimes this is just my opinion oftentimes online's a little bit easier because you yes. just do a little tweet maybe you have an anonymous account um maybe you write a sub stack um Hey, you can go to uh, go to Rebecca do a wrong speak uh, uh, sub stack article. There, there's ways that you can right. you can do that. Um, but I do think that's important practice. That's something that um, that I've been doing for the last several months and by no means am I perfect at it but I'm a lot better than when I first started. It takes right. getting some lumps. It takes getting attacked. Um, yeah. <laughs> to kind of understand how do I want to phrase this? Um, and you'll learn your style, but I do think that is important. Um, don't start with outside influence, but we do need to get there eventually. And right. start small and find your niche. Don't try to be Matt Walsh. There's only one Matt Walsh. Right. Um, be yourself, and wherever that takes you, it takes you. But no, I, I think that that all of those practical pieces are really, really important.
1: And it's not always about changing minds. I think people feel like they always have to defend themselves and they have to be able to change people's mind and know every single point in and out. You don't have to. It's just a matter of you're just stating your opinion. This is what I believe. Don't get tripped up with, especially with uh, people who are progressive—they might be coming from, you know, high socioeconomic statuses. They got Harvard degrees. They're going to start throwing out all sorts of academic uppity language at you because they want you to go, "Oh God, I don't know, I'm, I'm stupid." I, I, okay, you mm-hmm, win. Mm-hmm. No, no, that—that's that, not a matter of uh, the person with the most money or the best college degree is the winner. Uh, no, it, it's important to remember we are the status quo. They are not. So they need to be the ones defending this new, bizarre way of living. We're not the ones that are defending. So it should never be a matter of defending normalcy. You're not defending yeah. two plus two equals four. If you find yourself in that position, get out of it. You're in a very bad situation. <laughs>
0: yes. no, that That's a really good point. Uh, when you're saying that, it kind of reminded me of the, the meme. I don't remember what it's called, but it's got like the uh, – uh, the bell-shaped curve of IQ and it's got like the the people that are at like 50 um, IQ and they're like a boy's a boy's a girl's a girl and then at the like 100 to 120 um, they're like well actually there's a lot of nuance and then right. the like 200 IQ's like a boy's a boy's a girl's a girl right um, <laughs> you do have a lot of those people that are a little bit higher intelligence but like they like to appear to be much smarter than they really are Yeah. That's, that's a lot of blowhead stuff. Um, don't let that affect you emotionally. Like you're right. That they are just trying to throw darts and get easy wins. Um, and you don't have to play that game. No. Okay. Well, Rebecca, um, any last words or things that you would like to, to end us off with?
1: Um, you know, I just, I would encourage people to educate themselves and you don't have to be, uh, have a PhD in, in wokonomics to know what's going on, but educate yourself as best as you can. Try and, and view a variety of, of different sources uh, and, and don't get disheartened. I know I feel like that quite frequently, but we are making progress Uh, I started getting involved in in this stuff uh, pretty intensely uh, a couple years ago, and things have changed significantly since then. So we're definitely making inroads, and I feel really optimistic that the masses will turn against this madness. It's just a matter of how much damage it does uh, before then.
0: Absolutely. Great. Great. Well, I've got some of Rebecca's information listed down there below. I've got that Federalist article um that that she recently had published and some of her wrong speak information in her Twitter so definitely check her out. She's got some great stuff down there Thank and you. again, Rebecca, it was great having you on um uh, definitely give her a follow. she's got some some pretty good Thanks insight you. um Thank you. so
1: great to be here
0: absolutely so. I will catch all you guys on the next episode. Continue to keep fighting for truth and really follow Rebecca's advice there of get active, particularly with your family, but also your community around you. But I'll see you guys next episode.